Good morning, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you happen to be listening to this podcast, I thank you, I appreciate you, and I value your time. It's your boy D. So Wavy with another exclusive episode, yes, yes, coming smooth through your purple and white anchor apps, smooth through those cell phones, smooth through your tablets, smooth through your laptop computers, smooth through those loudspeaker boxes, Hey. Inspire Inspiration Family. Through it all, I thank you. I appreciate you. And I value your time. Hey, we're doing a part two. We're on part two of my life growing up. My life growing up. This is the part where, you know, where my grandmother has sent me to go live with my mom, my two brothers, my sister, household of family members that I love and that that did respect me and, and give me they they give me more love and care to individuals like my grandmother bad please my grandmother said that the house that you know where my siblings was at like you know it was uncouth and and ghetto and all this other stuff so that's why but at the end of the day I don't understand that I never understood it. I didn't never knew what it was or whatever the case may be. And at the end of the day, stop your judgment. You don't walk on water. Stop judging people. That's the part that's annoying. That has always been annoying. So for whatever her situation was, whatever it was, right? It's so funny. It's so funny to see. My mom could not stand my grandmother. My mother could not stand my grandmother. Like I had to sit here, talk on the phone with my grandmother right in front of my mom. So all conversations were like controlled. So we also see where my mom, where, where my grandmother, you know, you know, where my mom get it from. My grandmother is a controller. She always wanted to be a controller and things like that. And it's it's all right. I never talk bad about my grandmother. Just understand, this is all my perspective. It doesn't matter what what it is. If you happen to know her, or, or you be like, oh, that's your grandma. No, all my perspective. Just like how you, how anybody would talk about their parent, about the the the, the lack thereof, or the annoying parts of their parent. This is my grandmother. It is what it is. Um, so, you know, my grandmother, she pretty much sent me, um, to my mom as a punishment because I was asking and I was like, man, I'm tired of this. I really, really want to go live with my siblings and stuff. So what did she do? She sent me, she packed up everything that I had, not everything packed up, which we could put in the car and she sent it and we was out and I was in North or whatever, you know, with my siblings or whatever. Um, you know. And I was, I didn't really care. I didn't care. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was happy to have an opportunity. I, the room didn't feel like it was my room because it was already my brothers and they shared it. Now you got three boys in a damn room, but it was fine. You know what I'm saying? Because now I get to have the, the experience and the love, you know what I'm saying? And the time with my siblings and that's what mattered. Um, and you know, then maybe, maybe like two or three months later, then my grandmother, she packed like all my stuff, put it in the bus. I said a bus, a truck, <laughs> a moving truck, and then had my stuff sent back down to me. Of course, she came or whatever. And that was like a hurtful time because at the end of the day, even though like she did it as a punishment, maybe I knew it felt like a punishment or whatever the case may be. Um, however, it came out that that was the punishment. Um, it still hurt because my grandmother had raised me for this long until like age 11. Right. You send me to Newark going through all these different experiences again because i've been through the public school it don't matter if you live in all neighborhoods are different it don't matter if you're from an urban neighborhood or whatever the case may be 
all neighborhoods are different. People have different dialect. People have different everything. So, <laughs> you know, that just remember that. So, um, you know, and it hurt. It hurt to watch my grandmother drive off again and leave. That's what I. That's what my life was. You know, you send you send this child away as a little boy to go stay with a family. That was cool. Like she primed it up. She primed me up. So I would go there. They would watch me every now and again. And then, boom, now I'm living over there. Now, this is all the childhood perspective. So don't get it twisted. Don't get upset. Um, you know, and it's my and now and it's my perspective. And I'm growing up now. So now I'm just giving. So, um, you know, you send me over there as a or whatever, because you supposedly we didn't have it. Who knows what that story was? I don't live so a lie for all my life according to what my family has done to the point now it's like now that i'm holding them accountable people and it's not everybody so when i say family i'm talking about certain individuals in my family so if you happen to be a family member and you didn't do anything to me then let this roll off your back like water you heard because at the end of the day man please it's not even talk about so um so the individuals that, that that i have to bring light to i bring light to i make it be known I don't beat around the bush. I don't pull any punches. I actually, from the hip, you hear me? So at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to keep it real. Um, you know, so I was sitting out there, grandmother, my, my uncle and my so, so-called sperm donor or whatever. Hey, I'm not going to put any of you guys out there or whatever, but it was interesting how y'all came with y'all lies or whatever. Y'all knew that I was supposedly one of you jokers kids, but y'all just put him out there. Didn't even put the bunk bed up right. Knowing damn well that there's three three boys in this daggone thing. They put the bed frame up together, but didn't put the second bunk up. So now you got these little boys at the age of 11 trying to put it up. Because we're waiting. Oh, because they're so tired. Oh, you know, and just left me hanging. And at the end of the day, one of them was my sperm donor. Out of one of the two men that came and helped bring my stuff up. One of those men were my sperm donor. You should have wanted the best for me and be like, nah, you know what? I ain't that tired to not allow him to be able to sleep on his on on a bed you feel me like knowing that this is a whole different experience again you know but no no nobody think like that you got to sit here you got to you got to make this you got to you got to tell these individuals how to live life as adults it's kind of crazy as adults um so you know my stuff is out there i'm going through the, the through the through the experiences i went to mount vernon or whatever mount vernon which is in Newark. i went to Vellsburg middle school which is in Newark. um yes yo you know it was like that and the me experiencing that different type of energy and things like that it built my confidence up because i'm seeing different types of people that make a lot of people scared this is the tall t days this is the early, this is the late ninth 90s this is the late 90s early 2000s so at the end of the day i had a different type of confidence i came back i came back up this way after you know some time was living with my mom it was just a year you know and then because a situation took place it was a dyphus situation guys it was a dyphus situation where there was neglect that took place you know where abandonment had took place with myself and my brothers and stuff like that because not paying attention allowing individuals that are bad influences to be around to be around who knows who knows i've always had had a suspicion over this one individual that caused the um the dyphus case to take place with between myself and my, my siblings at a young age and due to the fact that i had turned up 12 and i was like kind of like the preteen type thing i was able to decide if i wanted to live with my grandmother or if i wanted to live with my mother and after the traumatic situation right of us being burned on our arms 
yo, I was like, nah, I don't want no parts of this. Because my mom didn't make it comfortable for me. She didn't make it comfortable for me. I was sitting here, have to talk to my grandmother on the phone in front of my mom. So then anything that I was saying was, you know, was monitored. Anything that she was saying to me or whatever was monitored. Like if I tried to speak in code and then my, my grandmother, she would be like, she is your mom right there? I'd be like, yes. And then she'd be like, all right, well, don't worry about it. You know, we'll talk on a later note. And I'm just a kid, so everything's controlled. So at the end of the day, the phone ring. Yo, we wasn't really picking up the phone. It was the adults that was picking up the phone. Um, so that was an experience. So after the little Dyfus situation or whatever, and my mom and everything, like, they, she'll blame us to this day. She'll blame me, a kid to this day. She'll blame my siblings to this day that this was our fault. Da, 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 da. At the end of the day, hey, y'all were grown adults. You allowed a grown adult to be around us. We we 11. I'm 11 or 12 or whatever the case may be. My other brother, at, the, at that point, I was I think I was probably 11. I had just turned 12 around this Dyfus case situation. And then, so I was 11. My one brother was 10. My other brother was uh, freaking like, let me see. 10. So he might have been nine or eight. You feel me? So all this stuff is going on that we experienced and you're blaming kids and stuff like that. So it's interesting. We got grown adults who are still blaming children and they were adults when the situations were occurring. They ain't still childlike minded. So I wouldn't. I, that's why I can't put it past you fools for sitting here thinking that the situation is diesel wavies or anybody else's because y'all been sitting here putting blame on everybody else for so long. You sit up here and, and, and everybody's been making excuses. Sperm donors, uh, supposed sperm donors, cousins, supposed cousins and aunties and mommies and all this. Everybody's been lying for so long. And then they sit here, point the finger and think that I'm supposed to just, you know, be welcoming to y'all. Heck no, guys. Think about it. It's all about perspective. So, yeah, your feelings are hurt. So you'll be like, oh, bump him, bump him. No, I already said bump you. And I know it hurts a little bit more than that. Because if you can't appreciate my presence, then you will suffer in my absence. And that's a fact. Now, who wants to go ahead and question that one? Who? Because at the end of the day, I want to sit here and love my family. I want to have love with my family, for my family. You know, the ones that I, that, that, that's, that it's not like that with. I want to be able to love them, but I can't. I want to be able to have the support and have that village and things like that, but I can't. Because at the end of the day of some lies that been lies, excuses that been excuses that continue to pile up on excuses. And now to the point where I don't care because you've never done anything for mine. You never done anything for mine. Okay, maybe two days. I already talked about that in previous episodes and things like that. Two days is 365 days, are we? Right? 365 days. So if you did a birthday, if you did Christmas, yes, we're appreciative, but they outgrown that. So now what about the 363 days that's left? Out of the one time or the two times possibly. So maybe four days. Four times. Maybe. And, 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 and you know, it's just because it's irrelevant. So I don't want to sit here and try to take away anything. But that's as much as it's been. I'm still appreciative. I'm thankful. I'm not going to take anything away from you. But guess what? How much? How old are, are, are your grandkids, guys? How old are they? All right. That's the part. So, yeah, I'm going to do this. Because at the end of the day, if Diesel Wavy ain't here to, tomorrow, this story has to be able to live. And you can't cut this off. You can't cut me off. What you could do is you could shut it off. <laughs> you could shut this program off, this episode off, but it'll still live. So when you sit up there and you post your lie, whatever the case may be, everybody can go back to this. The Your grandkids, your great grandkids can go back to this and they can hear the facts. Because I ain't going to BS. I'm not going to BS. I'm not going to BS. Nope.
I'm not gonna pull any punches and I don't feel bad. So, um, you know, and so I moved back with my grandmother after the Dyfus situation. Um, you know, and life was a little bit better. Shoot, I went to the middle school, whatever, when I moved with my grandmother and everything like that. And um, I was the man, I was big man on campus, you know. I'm able to sit here, represent where I used to be from. So I got my vibrations back up and stuff like that. But I was still mature. I was still professional. You know, I came there. The energy was different. I came back super fast, I felt. You know what I'm saying? I was always fast, but I came back super fast. Nobody wanted to race. I always wanted to race. I was always an athlete. But still at that point, through middle school, I didn't, never got to play Pop Warner. I got to play recreation basketball, which was cool. You know what I'm saying? But that was pretty much it. I was too heavy for Pop Warner when it was actually the time for me to actually have a choice. My grandmother kind of started giving me a choice when I was in eighth grade a little bit. But then when I wanted to, I was too heavy. So I had to do the Pop Warner and then I had to wait till I got to high school. High school was cool and everything like that. You know, I feel like my grandmother was more tried to be more on top of things and more on top of me when I was 18. 16, 17, allowing me to go out, I'm staying out, whatever, if I want, kind of. But it was still, she always made sure that she had an eye or a hand on where I was at. That she had the parent of whoever I'm, whoever's house I'm at, she knew them. So it wasn't, or what she thought she knew. Like I said, everybody lives the same 24 hours of life. So I can tell you that I'm somewhere. Like there was times where I was supposed to be home at 12. I'm literally going to Seaside Park Beach or something like that. Or to Sandy Hook or something like that. Not really Sandy Hook, but Seaside Heights and stuff like that. At 11.45 p.m. And I'm supposed to be at the house at 12 a.m. So go figure. I would sit here and say, yeah, I'm going to some so-and-so's house or whatever. And, oh, okay, just let me know how everything's going. I'll be coming home back home at like 3 in the morning. You know what I'm saying? So we all are saying 20, 24 hours of life, and I get it. Um, you know, and as I got older, you know, so, yes, they'll probably, my family, they'll know the, the, the things that I have, you know, my mom and my grandmother and stuff like that. Like my dad, dad. Like, he knows all about me. You would think that we see where the leadership is. Or the person who I'm assuming, or the family assumed was my dad. His dad never reach out. I see him whenever I see him. Maybe funerals, weddings, bar mitzvahs, you name it. Stuff like that. So stuff when not, it's like sporadic. It's out. It's not. You you see him when, you, when you're when nine years old. You don't see him again until you're like 14 type stuff. You know what I'm saying? And this man, he would call, he would call my grandmother every day. This is my grandmother's brother. And that's what the thing. My mom and dad did an injustice, a disservice to myself. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you might. My, I feel like my mom does hate me. I feel like my dad does hate me because at the end of the day, I feel like they feel like I was a mistake. And she feel like she should have like aborted me. My mom actually told me that as an adult. She told me that um, about two years ago, three years ago, she told me she was like, I wish I would have done to you what I thought I should have done when I thought I was having you. That's what my mother, my birth mother told me. I wish I would have done to you what I thought I should have done to you when I thought I was having you. Verbatim. That's why there's hatred. There's always been hatred there. And due to the fact that I'm not just receiving of her negativity, of her lies, of her deceit, of the pain that she put me through, of the deceit and the hurt and the lies and the pain that a sperm donor put me through. Like we would drive past this fool, my grandmother or whatever. This is when I was calling her mommy and stuff like that. And guess what? We drop past. Oh, there go your dad. I'll see him. And then we just be passing by. And he'd be like, hey, auntie. Give me a little, like, give me a little pound if we happen to be able to stop right there. 
See him when you see him the next time, which will be in a few years, which is sad. Everybody knew, but everybody wanted to make excuses for this dude. Why? He ain't never did nothing for the family that I know about. He ain't never did nothing for me. You know what my father bought me as a kid? I was about, so I moved back from Newark. It was around the same time. I was probably about 13. So I had just turned 13. And guess what? I remember he bought me from New Brunswick, from Sam's Chicken. Good old chicken. They don't have the same type of chicken anymore. But Sam's chicken, and he had bought me a four-piece, probably might have been a three-piece, and potato logs and a water. That's what I remember my the sperm donor or whatever buying. Three-piece of chicken, fried chicken, potato logs, and a water. Not even a... Bruh. I'd see him. He stayed with my, my uncle or whatever, or possibly the other sperm donor. That's how messed up that you guys made my life, my story and stuff like that. But so now I'm going to tell it how it is. I'm going to tell it how it is because you try to sit here and make, make it seem as this diesel wavy is a problem, as he's the problem, as he's the source, as he's the cause. I didn't put you guys in the bed together. I didn't put you guys in the bed together. I didn't sit here and... You know what I mean? None of those things. I didn't. Wasn't even thought of. You thought you guys thought you were just having fun, and guess what? Somebody's pullout game is Harry Blay. Horrible. Sad. Using this this lady as a bucket, and you know what type of bucket I'm talking about. Just a just a bank, a, a sperm bank. And now you want to sit here and look at me like I was the one who who who, who inserted those men inside of you. It's sad. It's sad. Now people probably like, yo, he's really yeah. I'm like that right now because you know what? You taking me out of my element. You messing up my this channel. This channel is pure, and it's still going to be pure. It's still pure, but I'm going to keep it real. This is the part. And once I say this part, I will never ever. Once I finish with these episodes or whatever, I may I'm, this may be able to be the last one because I'm sitting here thinking I'm like, you know, I don't have to sit here and elaborate and explain now as an adult. I can explain that part going up before I got into before I got out of my grandmother's house and things like that. But at the end of the day, these is grown up. Everybody makes made excuses. The sperm daughter made excuses. The other possible sperm daughter made excuses. My mom, she's sitting here acting like somebody did something. Nobody did anything. You did your own stuff. My grandmother's making excuses for my mom because my mom won't tell the truth. So those men can't even be free of the thought of that they possibly did something to her. No, they did not. Grandma, world, they did not. Everybody was up there having fun and enjoying themselves. She was like that. She's been like that. She's been doing that. And she's like that. I don't want to be talking about her because at the end of the day, I do have two brothers and a sister by her. And my siblings, my, bro, my brother, he listens to my episodes. And I have to be like, I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, bro. But at the end of the day, he understands. He understands perspective. He understands that this is my story. This is the part that I went through. So, no, it's not what I, that, that what they experienced, but it's what I went through. So, yes, m my other siblings my from my mom's side that are younger and things like that, like, my mom can sit there and easily persuade them because they're still like her baby, even though that they're almost 30. So, they'll side with her. They'll believe her over me and stuff like that. That's why the respect is lack thereof. And that's real.
because they're gonna take that side and they don't really they've known me for a year a real actual whole whole car year they see me sporadically through their life if we were to put add all the days together literally that maybe they possibly have 365 days after the year that i lived with them that was 365 days of knowing me total so it was all sporadic that young boy that would come and that would come after a Sunday service. So, you know, when we would get out, I was in, I told y'all in the first episode, I would be at church. We would be at church all day. So don't let it be an after service because your butt going. I would have been at an after service, y'all. And I'm sitting up there at the after service and I'm up here doing those things or whatever the case may be. Yep, you're going to eat the dinner. But guess what? All right, now I finally get to go see some. Oh, don't, don't horseplay. Don't get your clothes messed up. Knowing I ain't seen my siblings in years, months, maybe. Ain't seen them in months. Don't get your clothes messed up. Well, what am I supposed to do? What are we supposed to sit, do? Sit down and sing Kumbaya? Like, no, we're going to get out. We're going to expend the energy that we can't expend on the regular. And we did. So, of course, as I went through these my high school days, after I came back through the Dyfus stuff, um... It was all right. It was it was fine or whatever the case may be. You know, the perspectives were still there. I didn't want my mom, my grandmother to be dating other men and stuff like that because I was the uh, the guy at the house I felt. I didn't want her to just different types of stuff, guys. Just different stuff. Different stuff. You know what I'm saying? I was older. I was still I was angry. I was mad. There was things that my grandmother was trying to tell me, trying to teach me that, you know, I just, yo, a lot was on my conscious and my subconscious mind. And it wasn't just oh, like she tried to. But at the end of the day, I'm telling you, like, it's just different. You can't teach a, bo- a boy to become a man unless you're a man. You can't teach a, a, a girl to become a woman unless you're a woman. You can apply some some ethics, some morals, you know, some things, some some life traits to sit here and, and give. But you can't you can't teach a, a, a there's just certain things you just can't real talk real talk and then as I when I got out of high school I went on to college or whatever I went on to college I did the first four months and then you know what I was like this isn't for me this is for me went to go live with my aunt God rest her soul Aunt Fanny stayed with my cousin love him you know and then I was like alright well this kind of may not be for me either you know what I mean? Because I gotta do something. I was working at the Giant Stadium with some with some of my family or whatever, right? And that didn't pay anything. You only get paid for the Sunday. You only get paid for the game for the top times that you're working. So I was a concession stands manager, and you're getting paid just for the day. You're there from seven seven o'clock. To dag on when the game is over. So if it's a Jets game, a Giants game, the game is over. So think about it. If it's a late game or whatever, you're not leaving. You're not leaving until the stands and everything, the money is just counting. I wouldn't leave till almost 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock in the morning on Monday. And like the checks wouldn't even be over $100 good because there's taxes. So I was like, all right, I'm going to the military. I always wanted to go in the military. I always wanted to get down and dirty. I'm saying I was a rough kid. I was rougher, you know, stuff like that. So I did. And that was the best experience of my life. I looked at my drill sergeants like my father because that was, those were stand-up guys. Those were real men. 
They were teaching me and instilling discipline in my life. They did. They did. They instilled the discipline in my life. And they provided me with the, the strength and, and the knowledge to be able to protect myself and be able to protect others. And they instilled leadership, loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. They did. And all of those traits, all those ethics, all those morals and the code, I still live by to this day. I matured it. So yes, when I came home, and there will be stories of my military life. I'm not gonna sit here and do all like everything. Like I'm just gonna breeze through a lot of this. So when I came home from the military, there was a lot of things that I missed. A lot I missed my birthday parties. I was sitting here going to different countries, and I was in different countries for over a year. You know what I'm saying? And I was wasn't able to buy alcohol. I turned 19 three days into basic training, so I I had some some birthdays in there. You feel me? So. At the end of the day, there was something that I, I, there was a lot that I was going through. So I wanted to sit here and get it out. When I came home from Afghanistan, I had, you know, a few months, some money or whatever. I had like, maybe like, I don't know, some light, some light Fetty. Like it wasn't over 15,000, you know, but what I did was I just, I treated my family like my cousins and stuff like that because my grandmother like she sheltered me away from my cousins never knew why she did, maybe didn't want me in in that in the urban neighborhood she was protecting me in her way which she thought you feel me but now I'm losing experiences just like there's experiences not had with family members because don't nobody know what to what's what I got my mom and my dad or the sperm donor or whatever and the sperm donors and then my grandmother sitting here creating their own narrative of my life and I'm sitting here, I'm fine, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, I'm just living my life. I just don't want my name being tarnished. I don't want my name being tarnished. I want respect just like anybody else because I give respect. It's crazy that I work at the building, at the place that I work at, right? I work where I work. I work with over 2,000 people, literally. And guess what? I get much more respect and much more love than I do from those who are supposed to be my mom and, and sperm donor and stuff like that because of all the excuses and now that I don't want to sit here and play anymore with y'all or play the lies because eventually somebody all the brains that we thought that the, that certain individuals had ain't that smart guys I'm sitting up here ain't nobody sitting here saying oh guess what he gonna get older he gonna either he's gonna want to know or he's gonna go ahead and, and, and come up with his own presumptions and I had enough, a lot of time to be able to think about this. And there's nothing that any of these individuals can say that they, that can right the wrong. Besides, I'm sorry and try to put in time. But they wasting time. I'm telling you that. They're wasting time. And I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do any of that for anybody's time. I'm not. Because you all grown. And since you feel like somebody owe you something. Hey, just remember, we're all getting older. And I'm younger than you guys. So, hey, remember that and have the same energy. That's all that that is. Have that same energy. When I came home from the military, when I came home from Afghanistan and stuff like that, yo, I splurged on my cousins. Thank God for my cousin Niche. She let me stay, stay with her or whatever while I was just chilling or whatever, you know, for my little my little time off. You know, and we, we, we blew the bag. We blew the money. You know what I'm saying? But it was fun. Crab legs. We was doing it all. You know what I'm saying? Crab legs. We was going to little indoor amusement parks and outdoor amusement parks. We were having a great, great grand damn time. 
and it was enjoyable because this was the time that was missed and they loved it and it, nobody really had to spend their money i was just like all right i got it if i it's, it's no fun if the homie can't have none it's no fun if i'm sitting here eating and you're not eating and you're and you're with me I'm not going to sit here and enjoy that. And my fan, like those cousins and stuff like that, they're humble. So they'd be like, all right, well, you know, they respected me. If I wanted to eat my crab legs in front of them, they would they would have let me do it because they'll do it. But I just had it. It's not because they'll just do it because, you know what I'm saying, they're, they're being they're being jerks. They're going to do what they can afford. So if they can afford to deal with everybody and pay for everybody, then they would. But I had it, so I was like, bump it. And if somebody's going to be like, bump it and be paying for you and showing that love, are you going to say no? So, anyway, that's with my life. You know, I enjoyed it. You know, I I enjoy being able to to provide and, and and you know, and it was and I thank the creator. I never sat here and faulted my family or cousins for you know what I mean. I feeling like I was used. Never, because it, it's your money. It's your choice. Nobody said, hey, hey, Deja Wavy, spend your money on me. Nah, I was just like, you know what? Out of all the times that it was missed, I'm going to sit here and do. And I always aim to please. Now, as I continue to go on through this life and you start to see that people don't show up when they should, when you need them to, but you're always showing up, you're always picking up the phone, you always answer text messages. Hey, that that um, that courtesy, that dwindles down. It actually becomes a little bit lesser and fewer because at the end of the day, you're like, yo, like, where where where's the pickups when I'm sitting here calling people? You know what I'm saying? Don't even be needing nothing. Just want to say what's up. Just want to, you know what I'm saying? What if you just be bored? Not even, you know what I'm saying? Like on a day, like during the week, you know what I'm saying? And say like, what if you off and you, they may not be off. No, nah, it's not even that. Maybe sometimes. But regardless of the fact, I'm your cousin, I'm your family or whatever. You should be able to. You should want to. Because if it ever happened to be like that and you needed me to defend you, you definitely want me to defend you. You want me to have your back? You definitely want me to have your back. Because I'm going to have it. And we're coming out victorious, however it has to go. We're coming out victorious. That's the part. So now we got through the the, the adolescent part. And maybe in late, later um, episodes, I might sit here and I might go ahead and, and, you know, if there's a certain topic or episode that needs to sit here and get some, some spotlight, some enlightenment, and I will. You feel me? But at the end of the day, I'm not tripping, y'all. I'm not tripping. I'm, I love to be able to get this, get this out. Because at the end of the day, a counselor gonna sit here, and just ask you some questions or whatever. When you could just do this and you could just talk about your experiences and the things that you've been through, the things that you've sitting and seen, the things that you witnessed. So that's the part, and um, and it feels good. It feels good to get this on my heart, get this on my chest. So now if my, my, my mother, my sperm donor or stone donors, however that go, decide to happen to want to hear Diesel Wavy's part, his two cents, here you go. Here you go. And there's no need for me to go past the age of 22 because like at the end of the day, this is where I'm at. And now as I got older, it's like I'm saying bump them because now diesel wavy he has he has youth of his own he has somebody who, who's actually called him dad and guess what he does what he's supposed to do when i was sitting here speaking with the soap supposed sperm donor right 
it would feel weird talk, talking to him about me raising my kids. So yes, just understand, me and the sperm donor were cool. Me and the sperm donor were cool, and then there was a situation that happened that took place at my grandmother's house. Wasn't anything bad, but there was a situation where I wanted to sit here and just do a little lesson with my boys. I wanted to do a lesson, you know, with my boys just to give them some some intellectual time, some 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 time to help their brains to to grow and expand. My grandmother, she felt as if it wasn't the right time or right place to do, to learn. It's never a wrong time to learn. That's the part. And when I expressed that to her, I expressed it professionally with humility and all due respect. I did. And everybody that was in the midst understood that. They seen it. They heard it. And they, they, they respected it. They gave me my, two, my, my kudos for it. But she couldn't live that down. So then there was a conversation that started to abrupt when everybody was getting ready to leave. That where the octaves and people's voices was risen a little bit. So the sperm donor, he was trying to sit here, trying to, he was trying to de-escalate, but it wasn't the time for him to try to de-escalate. Because it wasn't going to get bad. You know when people tell you to calm down when, when you kind of like not feeling it? That's the worst thing to do. Tell somebody, calm down. You calm down. Nah, I got to say what I got to say. People just want you to be quiet and hush. They always want to silence those that, that you know, need to, you know, that freedom of speech. Second Amendment type stuff. Or 14th Amendment. Whatever amendments that you want to sit here and talk about. So all of them are sitting here talking about the freedoms that there should be. The rights that you do have. Everybody wants to silence. So many people want to silence those that have that are leaders that are strong. The people who don't want to follow. I think that that's where it is. A lot of times it's not just that they suffer in your absence. It's just that people want to have control. And that's why a lot of war started. I could talk about it in previous episodes. You go to go to your history classes, right? His story, his story or her story. However you look at it, right? And wars were started off of religion. It's another episode if we need to do that. But it's valid facts. Wars start off of religion. It's off of control. Oh, he don't want to. He don't want to be like us. He don't want to listen to the excuses, the lies. He don't want to believe the excuses, the lies. So he separated himself because he can't be around that fake and that phony stuff. And this is bothering them because they've been living this fake and phony stuff longer than thirty years. Longer than that. Who knows whatever what other secrets were there? Then that's why they try to run up into the church each and every day, all day, trying to convert people, trying to create us to become pope and the monk and pastors and deacons and deaconesses. Cause of their guilt. Cause of their silliness. You try to stop people from actually experiencing life you can't sit here and stop anybody from living life and going through things you have to go through things to see if what works for you and what doesn't work for you you can just coach you can guide you can mentor you can tutor you could lead you could try to teach but at the end of the day people are going to make mistakes so don't try to teach anybody off of fear don't teach any of your children don't teach anybody if you are if you're a teacher if you're a parent if you're a grandparent if you're an auntie uncle a big brother whatever if you're a person who's influential don't teach anybody off of fear 
Don't teach anybody off of fear. You teach them off of just knowledge, off of off of build a Picasso. Why this certain thing doesn't work? Why if you don't lie, this does this works? Or why if you don't steal, why some things won't happen to you? Why certain stuff works? I'm telling you, don't build anything off of fear. Don't teach off of fear. I'm gonna think about doing a part three to this of why where we're at, why we're at where we are totally and completely. Um, so I might do a part three. I'm gonna think about it in about five seconds. But you know, that's just that's that's this part. So this is part two of my life growing up. And I could have beat it in the head. I could have went on and on, but I'm not going to sit there and do that. I'm going to, I got to skip through it. Obviously I'm over 30. So there's a lot. I can't just sit. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Like I got to sit here and write this stuff down at that point. But I was able to give you this part. You know, I was able to give you from six months to 22, you know, and there'll be more or whatever the case may be. My life hasn't, wasn't the easiest. You know what I'm saying? I was over here, you know, you know, like the lines and the means of communication were shut off and, and, and things like that because of the fear. Because, all right, you whooping his butt off of you don't want him to lie or something, something like that. So you're building the fear. Children are going to lie. So if you shut off the means of communication where they can't trust to want to be able to say something to you or tell you how they're feeling or tell you what they're going through, you're going to deal with a liar all their life. And then they're just going to grow into a big liar. They're going to be stealing. They're going to be. I'm grateful that I did that wasn't that. So yeah, if, if there was anything that they lived by in the Bible, nah, they didn't spare that rod at all. That's what they didn't do. <laughs> them belts was coming, them licks was coming, them lashes was coming. Might do a part three to my life growing up. But that part. Tell a friend to tell a friend, tell a family member to tell a family member. Tell them to go to the app store. Tell them, tell them to go to the app store. Tell them to go ahead and search that purple and white anchor app. From there, go and hit search. Put in inspire inspiration. From there, go to the top right corner. Once you're connected to the channel and hit your favorites flag. From there, you will get all of the exclusive content first. You'll even get notifications when I post. Hey, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you listening. This is your boy, Diesel Wavy. And, um, yeah, we all have a life, you know, and there's more, obviously, and, you know, hey, this is my story. Everybody has a story. There's more to it. There's a lot to it. You know, this is just the, the quick, the, 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 you know, I'm trying to, I got out a lot of years in a few minutes, y'all. So I thank you and I appreciate you and y'all keep supporting and, and this is it. If you feel like you're going through something, you feel like you need to talk, hey, create yourselves a podcast. And you're welcome. It's your boy, Disa Wavy. Be blessed. Yes, sir.